Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans Podcast. This is Clint Edwards and I'll be your host today. Like usual, thank you for joining me. I'm excited to cover some of the ground that I've got prepared for you today. We are going to be discussing the origin of the Lordship of the Isles. So if you are a MacDonald or a McDougal, or you have any connection to either one of those clans, this is going to be a good episode for you. Also, we'll have a few things about the Campbells involved here, and maybe a few other clans too. I do do a little preparation for this, and have kind of a script, not a real detailed script, but just kind of a rough idea of where I'm going, but I also leave the option open for myself to just start making things up. Now, I don't mean like lying, I just mean not following the script. So, let's get into discussing about the Lordship of the Isles. The book that I've been reading, I mentioned this in the last episode, the, the book is called Kinship, Church, and Culture, Collected Essays and Studies by John W. M. Bannerman. This has been a fascinating book to read. I have been really enjoying it. There are... Let me let me tell you just some of the names of the essays that I'm reading through in here. There's two different sections called The Lordship of the Isles. One is, well, I'm not on that exact page yet, but the, the, section, the second section of it is called Historical Background. And this is where I'm going to take the first part of this episode— because it talks about where did, where is the origin really coming from with the Lordship of the Isles. Now, if if I were to ask you that question, where did the Lordship of the Isles start? You would probably go to Summerlid, and you'd say, yes, there were the Scandinavians that were loyal to the King of Norway were ruling the Hebrides, the Isle of Man, and you had this guy named Summerlid who was from Argyle, and he rises up, and he actually starts by intermarrying with these intermarrying with these Scandinavians, uh, but he he attacks them with military force and he overthrows them, and now he's the Lord of the Isles. And this has often been told in history from a Gallic perspective. And in the Gallic perspective, the Scandinavians are the bad guys. Now, look, if you've got some cultural memory here, and some tales that are handed down to you that aren't horribly inaccurate. I mean, we all know that the Vikings aren't coming in here offering to pay pay full market value for this land that they're taking, right? It, it, it was they were they were Vikings coming in here, and so if you were a Gale, they would be every description of a bad guy. However, the problem with this is the this 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 Gallic telling telling of this tale is hugely culturally biased. What it's not telling you is that the, the Scandinavians, after they come in and get established in the Isles, they are intermarrying and and adopting, at a, to a large degree, the culture of the Gaels, to where we use this term later as, you know, after the establishment of the Vikings here, we use this term called Norse Gaels. These people started speaking Gaelic. Now, they did leave a strong linguistic impression on the Isles. Now, just let me back up. And when I say the Isles, I'm, I'm talking like I'm assuming everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. So look, if you have, if you're not, if you're listening to this, you're driving down the road, or you're just in a place where you cannot see a map of Scotland, and you're not already familiar with it. You're just a guy who saw, hey, 
I got some McDonald ancestors. Maybe this would be a good podcast. Let me describe Scotland for you. Let's say you take a rectangle, and the rectangle is roughly, if if the if the width of the rectangle is one, and the height of the rectangle is three. That's about your proportion. Now, Scotland does not look like a rectangle. I'm just, just bear with me. Now, let's say, let's say if it's three tall, come up one third and then pinch it in the middle till it makes it look like it's got a waist. The pinch on the right, on the east side, is the Firth of Forth. On the left side, that's the Firth of Clyde. Have you ever heard of a Clydesdale horse? That's what we're talking about. So, off of the west coast of Scotland, you have all of the, the, it looks like somebody just took a hatchet to the side of it, and you have all those sea lochs. In Norway, they'd be called, called fjords. So, you have all that, but then you have all of these islands off the west coast of Scotland. And so, this is the territory that we're describing here. Now, I know I didn't do a good job of descri- describing the whole of Scotland. Yeah, I didn't describe the Murray Firth coming in in the northeast and all that stuff. We're not going to worry about it. The Isles. Okay, so we have Summerlid rising up out of Argyle, overthrowing these mean Scandinavians, and then establishing his own kingdom there. And this develops into the lordship of the Isles, which is ruled by the mighty Clan Donal and is the bastion for Gallic culture. Okay, now, that's a very culturally biased painting of it. The real picture is, like I was mentioning earlier, these Scandinavians come in, they get established in the Isles, and they have a, a kingdom of man and uh, man in the Isles, or the Isles and man. Anyway, the island of man, I don't know if you know where that is, but it's right in between Ireland and Britain. So you have, the, and then, so these Isles that I'm talking about, that what we call the Hebrides, are farther north off the west coast of Scotland. So they, the Scandinavians have this kingdom set up there. Now, the truth is, it wasn't as clear-cut as Gale versus Viking, all right? These, a lot of the, these Vikings come in, they do leave a, a strong linguistic imprint on this place. A lot of the place names in the Hebrides are actually Scandinavian in origin. However, the people, after a few generations, they marry in with the locals, and that's what the Vikings did everywhere that they established themselves. I mean, look at the, look at the Rus over in, or Rus, or however you say it, over in Eastern Europe. I mean, they, really, they they were Slavicized pretty quick. And that's exactly what's going on here in the Isles. They're adopting Gallic language and culture, and so they get the name Norse Gaels. They're, they're mixed in, they're intermarried, they're, they're speaking Gallic, and... And that's the cultural context that Summerlid comes out of. He's not this pure-blooded Gael descended from the ancient ruling families of Dalriada. Now, let me, let me tell you how John Bannerman describes the lordship of the Isles. Not necessarily sticking exclusively to this bloodline, but the title and this position of Lord of the Isles. What he says is that the... The pedigree of the family line of Summerlid, he said, can be reliably traced back to a gentleman named Goffred McFergusa. And, and Goffred McFergusa is supposed to have been a big man within the kindred from Ireland known as the E. Macuish kindred. 
Um, they're descended from Kola Uish, who's a legendary Irish figure and probably historical. I'm not. My goal here is not to get neck deep into Irish history, although we will be mentioning it a little bit more later. So this Gofford McFergusa, a, descent, a, a member, a prominent person within the E. McUish kindred, who already has somewhat of a presence in what was at that time Dalriada. Now, if you remember back to the earlier episodes, we're saying Dalriada was the kingdom that was Gaelic-speaking, and it was the only Gaelic-speaking kingdom of the original kindreds, or, or ethnic groups, rather, of Scotland. You've got the Dalriada, Gaelic-speaking Dalriada. You have the Pictish-speaking Picts, the Old English-speaking Angles in the southeast of Scotland, and the Britons of Strathclyde, originally the Britons of Clyde Rock, in the central, southern, southwest portion of Scotland. Okay, so those are the, the originals. So Dalriada is set up in this part of Scotland that I was describing to you earlier, right around the Firth of Clyde, and this western Argyll, and Argyll is the southwestern portion of the highlands, so you're north of the Firth of Clyde, and, but you're not in the Isles, necessarily. Argyll is part of what I described as having a hatchet taken to the west coast of Scotland. And uh, anyway, so that's, that's Dalriada, this Argyll and southern Hebrides area. I'm trying to go at length to describe this because some people told me that I just start talking like everybody understands, and they don't. So I'm trying to be detailed and not just assume people know what I'm talking about. So bear with me if you're thinking, why is he going into so much detail? Anyway, so Dalriad is there in, you know, they say it was established in the 500s. It might go back way before that. I don't know. Dal- the Dalriada leading kindreds, the, the royal dynasty and all that, they intermarry with the Pictish royal families, and now you have a merger of these two kingdoms, officially, supposedly, first under Kenneth MacAlpin. Okay, I'm just following the, the traditional story here. We could get off in tangents, but just... So he moves the seat farther east. Now, that might have had something to do with joining up with the Picts, but it also might have had something to do with pressure from these Viking raiders, because this, this is in 843 that Kenneth MacAlpin becomes king of the Picts as well, and and that is right in the middle of Vikings doing their thing. Okay, so there might have been some factors there prompting that movement east. And about this time, according to the history that Bannerman's following here, Goffred McFergusa, see, I told you I'd tie it all together, he brings a contingent of warriors to to back up Kenneth McAlpin to, to reinforce him. Now, he doesn't say, and I haven't pursued this farther, whether he's backing, he's supporting Kenneth McAlpin against Vikings or against other people within what would later become Scotland. He doesn't get into specifics on that. just says Goffred McFergus is pushing, he brings a man from Northern Ireland up into Scotland for Kenneth McAlpin's sake. Now, originally I'm reading this and I'm thinking, isn't Goffred a Viking name? But here he's being painted. Anyway, so we'll get to that later, if that's, if you've, if you've been thinking about this. Now, the, the problem with... Well, let me let me let me hold the problems till later. Let's keep on going with this narrative that that Bannerman's saying here. Okay, so Gofford McFergus, 
there's a little bit of a vacuum created by the the Dalriada leading kindreds like Kenneth McAlpin and that group pushing farther east out of the Isles. And Bannerman says that Goffred must have been powerful enough and influential enough to fill that vacuum. So we have him being established in what was once the heart of Dalriada territory on the west coast of Scotland in Argyll. In in the absence of that, he establishes himself there and he's known as Taishach in Chagall. Taishach is a headman. That's where we get the the name Macintosh is. And I might be saying that a little bit wrong. It might be Toshich. And that's where we get Macintosh. That would make more sense to my ears. But you know what? I already told you I'm not a fluent Gaelic speaker, so oh well, let's go forward. So he so Gofford McFerg McFergus is known as Tishach in Chagall. That sounds a lot like Re in Chagall, which is king the Inchagal, the in Incha or Inish in Gaelic is islands, and Gal is the foreigners. So it's the, the islands of the foreigners. We're talking about the Hebrides. And so you have the Hebrides, the, the islands of the foreigners, the foreigners being the Vikings here, the Scandinavian settlers. And so Goffred uh, uh, gets the title Tishak in Chagall. He's the headman in the Hebrides, the Lord. So. Um, Bannerman says you can interpret that in a couple of different ways. He could, he could terp, interpret it as a Lord of the Hebrides or Lord of the Hebrides, singular, like the guy. So Tishuk in, in Chagall, Bannerman points out, sounds a lot like Re in Chagall, which is what Summerlid's calling himself later on, a- apparently the descendant of this Goffred. He says, for a while there, you don't hear much about this this leading family in this area, but he's tr- he's what he's saying here, the claim he's making, is that the Lordship of the Isles could not, ma- perhaps does not start with Summerlid, but goes back to this Goffred. And so then, so now we, we just pushed the Lordship of the Isles, the history of that, back, what, 300 years-ish? Now, so that's, that's a big deal. If you're a... If you're a McDonald or a McDougal or a McRory, for if there's any of those left from that specific McRory kindred that were descendants of Summerlin. So we just pushed back the history that far. Now, I, the funny thing is, I was going to record this podcast or this episode earlier today before work. And I forgot a cable that I needed for the microphone to connect to the computer. By the way, I am trying a new microphone. A friend of mine lent this to me. Thank you, Kaylin. And it is, let me tell you the model of it. It's an Audio-Technica ATR2100. And so if I sound at all different, I am using a different, this is the first time I've ever used this microphone. Anyway, I forgot the cord to the, this morning, so I couldn't do it. And I ended up just reading up on this Goffred guy. And I came into a Wikipedia article. Now, I know we've talked about Wikipedia before. This Wikipedia article was written like a scholarly paper, and it had references and citations coming out of the ears. So, all I'm just saying is it's, let's just not discount it right off the bat just because it's Wikipedia. All right, and they were pointing out all sorts of problems with Goffred being McFergusa, which 
the Gallic historians are claiming that that Fergus that Gofford is the son of was Fergus McEric, who was supposedly the founder of Dalriada. That's back in the 500s. There's no way that if Gofford McFergusa is coming from Northern Ireland to support Kenneth McAlpin, that he's, that's 300 years difference from his dad. So he's very little chance that this Gofford is actually McFergusa, at least that Fergusa. Now, one of the other alternatives is this Gofford is actually Godred Croven, who was the founder of the Croven dynasty, rulers of the Isles in, a, in ages prior to Summerlid. Now, so, so it's a different Gofford. It's not the son of Fergus. It's Godred Croven, and you can look that up and do some research on his background, and I'm not going to go into it now, but Summerlid would have been descended from him and this, this Isles concept, or Lordship of the Isles, still then goes back farther than Summerled, but it goes back into a Norse Gale context, cultural context, rather than a purely Gallic coming from Northern Ireland like the Scots were originally supposed to have, and there's competing theories on whether that's true or not. Anyway, I'm just, I guess you, get, you can decide which way you want to go with all this, I'm just doing some research and bringing it to you, and maybe I can, in doing so, spark a little bit of interest, or maybe you know what to look up now. Like, I don't know that I'd ever read any read, read much on Godred Croven, but I'm doing it now, and I'm finding out all sorts of cool stuff, and it's, Bannerman's, Bannerman's got some ideas, and but other not everybody agrees with him, and so we're just having a discussion on where does the Lordship of the Isles come from? The first, well, let's before I go on onto that, let me just back up a little bit. Remember that I said Summerlid comes out of Argyle originally. Well, who later becomes the dominant kindred in Argyle? I mean, you're not getting anything done in Argyle without these guys passing off on it. And I know they weren't uncontested but they become a quite a big deal. And yeah, you're right. I'm talking about the Campbells. And here's my take on the Campbells. Can I just be honest with you guys? I do not look at them as the boogeymen that they're sometimes painted out to be. Oh, but what about the massacre at Glen, of Glencoe? Well, look. So are we saying that the Campbells are the only clan that murdered another clan? Under very inappropriate... <laughs> this is kind of a funny way to say this. They massacred them inappropriately. Does that even make sense? But but the what I'm referring to is that the, the heinous quality of this massacre came because the, the uh, McDonald's that they massacred had just spent a few days providing hospitality for... And look, it was government forces. They weren't all Campbells, but most of the leaders were Campbells, and so they're the ones that get pinned with this. But they had performed their sacred rite of hospitality, welcoming these people in to the uh, the head, the chief's headquarters, chief's place there, fed them, entertained them, and then up in the middle of the night, these Campbells wipe them out. I'm just looking up the actual date on that, but... And so we all point back to that as the Campbells are the worst people ever. 
you know what? Let's let's just right off the top of my head start mentioning other other instances. You know, we, if you listen to my episode on the Camerons versus Macintoshes, the Macintoshes caught the Camerons at church and and started killing people there. And the, for their credit, the Camerons did pretty well. But you attacked them at church. Okay, so that's bad. But the Macintoshes don't get the rap the Camels do. Well, what about, and we could keep going, um, the, the, the other story that I've told in a different episode about the Stuarts of Appen and John Lord of Lorne. He had he was marrying his gal that he'd had an affair with, but he's his wife's died and he's trying to make an honest woman out of this other guy. I guess I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, but they're in a wedding party and they get attacked by this other group and they make a battle out of it. So look, the Campbells aren't the only people who've done this. I'm not saying what they did was right at all. But to to just say that they're the only people in the Highlands that do this kind of stuff is a little unfair, I think. Anyway, I can't remember what date the massacre of Glencoe was, but you can look that up. Anyway, so the Campbells, so the Summerlet originally comes from Argyll and calls himself Re Argyll, which the king of the king of Argyll. And after he defeats the Scandinavian power or moves into a vacuum, possibly that was left open by the death of the, the previous guy there, the, the Norse scale guy. Then he calls himself Re Inchigal. But he was originally Re Argyll. And I might be pronouncing that originally a little bit wrong, but what am I going to do? So, anyway, you've got, he, originally he holds this title of, of King of Argyll, Re Argyll. And then later he's Re Inchigal. So Bannerman hints at, if I'm understanding him correctly here, that the Camels actually may have been aspiring to this title of Re Argyle the whole time, which is kind of like a counterpart to Re in Chigal, or Lord of the Isles, or King of the Isles. Which is kind of a really interesting when you put this all in a Gallic, kin-based kin context, like Bannerman does so well. And... and it makes it makes sense of a lot of the things that are happening here. All right. Before I get too far down the road with the Campbells, the first guy to call himself Lord of the Isles and use that official title was actually not um, not Summerled. We have his descendant, who's a MacDonald, called Good John. Now, in the book... The Great Feud that I had mentioned in a previous episode that I'm reading also. I'm kind of bouncing all over the place with these books I'm reading. But Oliver Thompson <laughs> calls into question the the appellation of the apple apple the the nickname Good John. He's like, How good was this guy? He marries Anya McRory. Now some people call her Amy McRory, but Amy I don't think is the real Gallic equivalent of Anya. I would say Anya, just just phonetically, is being closer to Anna rather than Amy. But some people call her Amy McRory, and it doesn't really matter to me a ton. The McRorys, now let me let me back up and kind of spell out the relationship between these clans. From this gentleman named Summerlid, who takes over these, the Isles and establishes his own kingdom there, you have three clans descended from him. Summerlid had a son named Dougal. And from him you get 
the MacDougals, and they are originally the senior branch of this, of Summerlid descendants. Now, also, you have a son of Summerlid named Ronald, and he has two different sons, Rory and Donald. Okay, so these are Dougal's nephews. And this is where you get the two other clans descended from Summerlid, the McDonald's and the McRory's. Now, after Summerlid's death, these, these three kindreds, as they multiply and establish themselves, they end up with significant territories, and the McDonald's right away aren't the dominant one. Like I said, the McDougal's are senior. The McRory's have quite a bit of territory themselves. This gentleman named Good John comes in, and he marries Anya McRory. And with this marriage comes... She, she and let me back up, she... The McRory's don't... Ha- they run out of male heirs, and she's it. She's the heiress. And Good John McDonald marries her. <sighs> This is why we got to question the name Good John. As soon, I, I think he got that name actually because he did a lot of work with the church in his area. And I don't know all that he did. It mentions it in these books and you can read it if you want. But as soon as he gets the inheritance, Anya's inheritance from the McRory side of the family, he ditches her. And I can't remember what the legal term here is, but he ditches her and marries a daughter of the Stuarts who later become the king's. Um, and I'm I'm not filling in all the gaps exactly like which what was the name of the Stuart gal that he married and who were who her dad or brother whoever was that became the but this is the beginning of the Stuart dynasty and Good John can see that this is a rising star and hitches his wagon to it pretty fast so now he's tied into the royal family and what's whatever becomes of Anya well I'll tell you what becomes of Anya so you have this McRory heiress who really, her, this husband of hers got all the stuff. Well, he had a couple of kids by her. And one of, them, one of them's name was Ronald. And a lot of people say, the sources, the history books say Ronald. Once again, I don't know where we get this D from. We don't, there's no D in Donald. It's a Gallic name. Well, actually, if you want to go way back, I think it's a Britonic name. But the... Uh, there's no there's no D originally on the end. It's always Donal and Ronal. There's no D, and I don't know if they had to make do that to make it have, make sense in Latin, or if the the Scots speaking Scots really liked to just mess with names like this. But Ronal is this one of the two sons of Anya McRory with Good John, Lord of the Isles. So why is this significant? Because her son, Ronald, is the founder of the branch of McDonald's called Clan Ronald. So you have the, the Clan Ronald McDonald's, and guess what their territories look like? They look like the old McRory territories. And so Bannerman here, I just thought this was interesting, because he makes it look like, basically, the Clan Ronald is... They are the McRory's. They just changed their name. But the territory looks an awful lot like um, what the McRory's had. Let me just read you straight out of what Bannerman says here. This is page 335 of 
this book. The Clan Rory disappear from history thereafter as a distinct political unit and seem to have undergone a change of name, becoming known from Ranald or Reginald, the eldest surviving son of John and Amy. In time, most of them identified themselves with the Clan Donald to the extent of taking MacDonald as their surname. There you have it. So, there's some interesting stuff as to the origins of the Lord of the Isles, also some historical context possibly for the rise of the Campbells, and also the origin story of the Clan Ronald MacDonalds with the kind of a newer concept. I you know, I've read on about the Clan Ronald before, but nowhere did I read and it might be out there. I haven't read every single thing, but nowhere have I read that the Clan Ronald is really just a new incarnation of the old McRory clan. They just inherited everything through their mother's side, but their dad was a McDonald, so they're McDonald's, and but the, the territory is all the, the McRory stuff, and it's just a change of name. It's kind of a, it was kind of a novel idea for me. So if you come from that branch of the McDonald's, there's a little something about your background. Now, I was going to go into some discussion on the overall observations I've made as I've studied the origins of clans, generally speaking. Because what I've... I'll tell you one of the projects I've done, but I'm not going to go into it today. I'd like to kind of wrap this up and keep this podcast episode to about a half hour. That's kind of my target. Maybe in the future when I get interviewing some scholars and things, we'll we'll open it up and just have a free conversation, not worry too much about time. But I'll just I'll just give you maybe a sneak preview of what I want to talk about in the future. I have gone through and studied, and not studied in depth all these different clans, but just tried to find who their founder was and what time period he lived in. And I tried to go through all of the different Scottish clans. Now, as I did this, I actually started to notice some interesting trends. So in the future, I'd like to share those things with you. But let me wrap this up, okay? I hope you've liked our episode today. We've talked about the Lords of the Isles and their origin and some of those earlier contexts. We've talked about some stuff that relates to the Campbells and the Clan Ronald McDonald's, which that kind of sounded like a McDonald restaurant reference. But you know what? Now you know where that comes from, too. little background on that cultural context, something you can share with your friends, quiz them on. I'm sure they'll be fascinated with your, with your intellectual accomplishments. What I would invite you to do is if you are finding this information valuable at all or even halfway amusing or interesting, I would love it if you would go online and there's whatever platform you are listening to this on. You can be going straight to the Podbean app, listening to it there. You could be listening to it on iTunes or Spotify. Still trying to figure out Google Play. Haven't really done that yet. But I know that I've submitted this podcast to Google Play, and they said that they took it. I've mentioned that before. Whatever platform you're using, whatever version of like or subscribe you can do on that, will you do it? Will you go If you're on iTunes, will you give me as many stars as you can feel honest about and leave me a review? Not just marking the stars and rating the podcast. Will you give me some feedback? Tell me, if you like this, what you like about it. If you got some things that could make this podcast better, aside from me spending millions of dollars on recording equipment, I'm still pretty basic on that stuff, but 
But anything else, please let me know. I, and I know that a lot of you want to hear podcasts on your specific clans. I've had requests from McThomas's, and um, I had a, a person that whose surname was Craig contact me recently about some sources. Brother, I haven't forgot about you. I'm still still looking into that. And I have done a little bit on that, by the way. just haven't got anything great for you to see yet. But I know some of your comments and your responses have been, hey, I want to hear about this. Look, I am interested in your clan. Because guess what? I haven't met or learned about very many clans that I'm completely disinterested in. It doesn't matter if it's a Gaelic Highland clan or a Norman Lowland clan or the border clans are fascinating. I love them all. And so I'm going to get to them as, as well as I can. So hopefully today with this a little bit of a, some meat on the origins of the the, the clan Sorla in Gaelic, that would be the, the McDonald's, the McRory's, the McDougal's. Hopefully that's been interesting to you. We've talked about Camerons and Macintoshes and Clan Catton in general. We've talked about the Stuarts of Appen and we brought in the McDougal's there with some interesting stuff about McFarlane's, which I actually didn't get to everything on that one. There's some more stuff about the McFarlane's I've learned that's, if you're connected at all with that clan, I think is interesting. But please, um, I'm trying to make my way through these different clans, but I'm sorry if I haven't got to yours lately, but do leave me a review, not just a rating. Leave me a review. Tell me how it's going. If if you're on Spotify, once again, it's it's a, you, you like it. You press the, you Touch the little heart symbol up there. Um, if it's Podbean, which is the my my web host for this, please do the version of it on there too, and, and leave me some comments. And some of you have, and I really appreciate it. I also have a Facebook page called ScottishClans.com. You can access it by Facebook.com/slash/ClansOfScotland, and you can start up a little dialogue with me on there if you'd like. There's one more thing I'd I'd ask you to do in addition to like slash subscribing it and leave me a rating and a review and all this stuff just is super simple to do super easy i'm not i don't want vast amounts of your time i would love it if you would share this podcast with somebody that you think would appreciate it i know y'all have at least somebody that you can nerd out with that uh that would would find this interesting please share it with them i if i was look i'm just making the podcast that i couldn't find that I wanted to find on on iTunes. I couldn't find it, and so I'm making it. So hopefully you enjoy it, and I look forward to you being with me next time where we might get into some stuff on the founders of the clans, and I'll actually also try to look for specific stories because I know some of y'all are tuning in because you want to hear a good story, and I totally sympathize with you. So we'll look into that as well. Have a great day. <laughs>